covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman in here, as always, bringing you in for the latest edition of the show and our latest in our preview series. It is NAL Game Day or episode 119 of the Inside the Walls podcast. Whichever you prefer, we are along for a fun ride here in the 2023 NAL season. Things coming down to the wire. First of three weeks that will have some tough competition and some massive playoff implications on the line. Uh, Our game of the week in particular is a first of a two-game series that will definitely have implications for both opposing forces. And we get the final of the two-game series back-to-back of the Sharks and Preds that will be coming up this week. This time, going back to the Shark Tank for the Predators to go on the road just down up the up the coast up north into Jacksonville, Florida. Before we dive into any of this and get into your media polls and all things alike, let's jump in here with my good buddy, pal, co-host, the Adam Schefter of the National Arena League himself. It is Jim Mernier joining me on this latest edition. Jim, welcome aboard. Late season vibes, late season tension. It's all coming to a head, and it starts this Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern on both channels here, both videos on the National Real League's own YouTube page in Carolina and in Florida up in Duval County. Yes. Uh, two big games, two games that can have significance on playoff seedings in the National Real League. Is that time of year, Fifteen week 15, three weeks left to the end of the year? And, of course, right now, as of right now, the four teams playing this weekend are the four teams who will be playing in the playoffs here in a couple of weeks. And somewhat could be previews of each playoff game. If the standings ended right now, these were the teams would be matched up. So, yeah, week 15 is here. Pretty cool that it feels like it's been a grind this whole season. Two episodes a week, interviews left and right. Um, but... The playoffs is where the money is made, and we're a few weeks from there. In a couple weeks, we'll have a champion of this league, and whoever wins the championship this year, they they really did earn it of how the the season has been for this uh for this league. But yeah, week 15's here. We got two games to break down. Got a great matchup against a gunslinger team that got a few new additions. Let's see if they can make that final run. So it's going to be an intriguing matchup. In Greensboro, that's the game of the week, by the way. Forgot, it's a game of the week for us, and that is San Antonio and Carolina. Yes, sir. Game of the week, part one of two of what is probably, I think, for both these teams, either you're locking things down or you're giving one last chance at going for an ideal playoff seating if you are the Cobras. So we'll be talking about that here. We'll obviously be getting in touch with this second matchup here for Jacksonville and Orlando. Predators getting a few uh, interesting signings this week uh, to kind of change things around. And a bit unfortunate, uh, we'll touch a little bit more on this, but unfortunate, Dwayne Hollis, short-term IR. Didn't see that one coming, but that's a, that is too bad to see a player of his caliber having to sit out. Maybe the way it looks, if it's short-term IR, it might almost be season-ending IR uh, it could be not going to rule that out yet, but it's a little late in the year to be put on that type of designation. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a bit more on that as we go. Uh, in the meantime, though, folks, by the way, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Still working on threads. Uh, we're figuring that out. It's uh, 
it's a weird one but you might be hearing a little bit of a tune in the background well we hit a milestone we've been waiting for this for a little bit we've been telling you we're coming close to this and we finally did it we hit 1,000 followers on our facebook page massive accomplishment i have never had a show i've been on get this level of attention like this that is uh that owes that we owe you guys a huge thanks for following along and giving us the support that we've been given uh two years into this hitting 1k people on facebook that is huge uh and many more gonna be along for the ride so first thousand appreciate you jumping on we can't say enough next thousands coming up jim Mm -hmm. (laughs) starting to rally more of the troops Next thousand's coming, uh, and apparently uh, the game that we love is gaining popularity. So welcome to the new subscribers, to our new viewers. Uh, welcome uh, to Inside the Walls podcast. Uh, kind of late, but hey, it's not late to jump on the bus or jump on the train. And I want to say thank you to everyone who's followed us on Facebook, who, of course, our Twitter is increasing too. People who are subscribing to our YouTube page, Thank you. Really appreciate it. Without you guys, we don't do this because uh, we're two Joes that talk about football. And sometimes when you're only getting, what, two views an episode over that duration of time, it will get to you like, you know what, there's no interest. But there's been a lot of interest in the show, a lot of viewership, a lot of feedback from our fans. Yes, we can say we have fans. We have followers. Uh, just want to say thank you. Uh, it's a great milestone for us. But for this show, we're not stopping, and we're going to continue to move forward. Um, like I said, hashtag still here. We're still here, and we're going to still keep pushing forward. And, yeah, thank you again. I really appreciate it. 1,000. That's incredible. You do this. I tell this to everyone. You do this for the right reasons. You do this for fun first and the passion of things. You're always going to be rewarded. So mm-hmm. uh, great to see the folks are joining us for the love of the game along the way. Uh, plenty more. Welcome to come on aboard. We've we're 919 episodes in. Many more are coming. Uh, many more exciting things to be showing up. Yeah. Only 119. Yeah. Only. I know. Well, hey, hey, hey. I'm just saying. Look, Joe Rogan's out here with 1200 with 1200 plus. So when I say 119, there's some. But his pocketbook is pretty thick, though. Well, I know. I know. I know. I wish we could get I there. Understand. It'd be awesome. I understand. That means Zach can own our own team. <laughs> Maybe you know that is that is a that is a dream of mine. If I ever were to run to finances, that it could work, I would invest in an arena team somewhere that in one of the cities I've ever been in where I feel deserves one or people would promote me towards. So well, the current one that you live in already has one. So well, maybe, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I ain't compete. Are you kidding me? I ain't competing with the no. folks out in Phoenix. No. You can, no. you can draw the conclusion who's in Phoenix. I ain't competing with them. Yes. I'd move back out East. That's what I would be doing. <laughs> I move out East and like go to like Indianapolis or Louisville and do Louisville right this time, by the way, just, again, just putting that out there. I do again, it right. You gotta get the money to do so. so yeah. I know, but I don't have the money. I don't got the money. Someday we'll have that money. I think we will. Anyhow, let's talk about the folks that actually do have have money and and where these their teams are sitting in the media poll. As we're going to be diving in, of course, it is media poll day. Game day always brings up the latest votes, and you can see we had a bit of a. I think a lot of us got a little high up on the Preds. I was one of those guys. I voted up pretty high with them. And that came crashing back down. So you're seeing a lot more reality 
uh, with this media poll, a lot more normalcy in, as to what you've expected in in the course of the season. Um, thing is, though, a lot more people this time around. Uh, it is a close between second and third, but we do have sharks, cobras, gunslingers, predators, and then warbirds from descending order. Uh, sharks getting all nine of the first place votes that we had available and had the most points at 63 total votes in general. Cobras and gunslingers are separated second and third by about four votes, and that's a nice dip to the Preds, and then another nice dip to the Warbirds. As you can clearly tell, and Jim, I mean, this was coming just based off last week. Uh, Predators definitely, I think, earned that weak hype and then swiftly lost it after getting basically uh, pushed out of their own building last weekend. Yeah, uh, again, media polls don't really mean anything. It's the final standings that really matter. A lot of people got high on Orlando, how they performed the last three games against the opponents they played, and then they faced against a Jacksonville team and was one-sided affair for the Jacksonville Sharks. And, of course, Jacksonville Sharks, I think, is the fifth consecutive week. They're the number one team in our in the media poll. So uh, there's – you can't really out – you know, you can point fingers at certain things about Jacksonville that you mean that's a question mark or that's a question mark, but there are very few holes in that Jacksonville team. Orlando, I think a lot of got recency biased when how they jumped up to number two and play the Sharks and they're back down to four. Uh, San Antonio stayed the same. Then I think they, yeah, they were third last week, so they didn't move. And Carolina went up a spot from, um, excuse me, actually, no. San Antonio and Carolina went up a spot Mm -hmm. and then Orlando went back down to four. So again, the media poll is the media poll and you can tell by the, it's based on opinions about this week was nine people. The 10th person uh, didn't get his stuff in in time, but again, he's there. He's pretty reliable. Just he's been busy this week. Uh, But you can see the media poll this week that Carolina and San Antonio are pretty even, even though it's just a few points. And then Jacksonville is clear cut based on the media members is a clear cut. Number one in this one this week as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, without, without a doubt, you see that, like I said, the sharks keeping their main, but I think, uh, like I said, the hype died mm-hmm. after last week. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean the Preds haven't accomplished anything. They still have done a solid job this year. It's just that, uh, I think that, people are going to want to see a little bit different Preds uh, performance. Just going to be a little harder on the road now when you have the Sharks uh, hosting this time around, not having 10,000 fans uh, on your side in in the jungle. But to to be determined, they still have a playoff spot. Again, as you talk, media polls, they don't mean standings. They're just – that's opinion polls on pow, you know how do we feel about the rankings of these teams and where they stand maybe in terms of the end-of-season result. And I think that so far that might be a little bit accurate. We we had a I would say very very variety of votes this time, and I think some that were surprises. I thought that we'd see a few of the voters stick more to the traditional guns of the teams they go for, and didn't happen to be the case. So I think they're also waiting to see how things pan out this weekend and what goes on, especially like when we talk San Antonio, and we'll talk about it game of the week wise after our interview with Nyquan Murray. Mm-hmm. You know, who's starting a QB? You know. Who's going to be there, and how does that QB position look? Correct. And when they play Carolina, who is looking mighty fine these days, even at seven and four, and is looking to lick their chops to get get a revenge win after a week one two point loss away from the snake pit. 
So kind of reflects a lot in that. We'll get into more of that game after the interview. But first off, we got the first game on our on our slate, and that is the round three of potentially round four matchups this rubber year. Rubber match. <laughs> uh, the the rubber match, the Sharks and the Predators. Uh, again, I, I messed up. That should be Predators at Sharks, not Sharks at Predators, but Predators are, are traveling back up to Duval County. Five Star and Veteran Memorial Arena this Saturday night, 7 o'clock. It is Halloween in July in Duval County. Get your tickets now. Tickets are available. A lot of tickets still available. And from what I've seen and what I've heard, Orlando has a contingent coming up for this game to do what Jacksonville did just last week. So it's going to be a good crowd, as usual. Jacksonville always has a good crowd. Will it be the 10,000-plus that we saw in Orlando crowd? Maybe, maybe not. But again, Jacksonville is a smaller arena compared to Amway. So 10,000 Amway is about 7,000 Jacksonville. But it's a rivalry. Like I said last week and the previous time between these matchups, throw the record records out the door. Don't care. Even when these two teams play, there's um, chippiness. There's some bitterness. There's something that happens in the game that usually you don't expect. We saw that last week, and that will continue over this week. Why will it continue? It's because these two teams do not like each other. It's a rivalry for a reason. Currently, I think it's the longest standing rivalry in arena football um, between Orlando and San uh, Orlando and Jacksonville, uh, dating back to the 2010s. I think you're right. I mean, because yeah. any of the other rivalries would would deal with the folks that are in my city, and that's not, you know, that's separated by leagues at this point. So, kind of make. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know of any other ones that would be. Legacy one, because yeah, no, mm-hmm. like Iowa, no, that's right. The only other I can think traditional is Iowa. So, no, yeah, it's, longest, it's, it's, it's longest, longest standing right. arena rivalry. It's the longest standing the rivalry. have come back. So, yes, and it's going to be a intriguing matchup uh, this week. I think don't we don't know we don't know about the injury report yet. Uh, we do know that Orlando got an addition of Tevin Homer, but they lost to Wayne Hollis. That could help boast their secondary. Uh, the question is, do they go with Cato to start this time around, except for Danny Southwick, seeing what Danny Southwick did last week in against Jacksonville? So Orlando has a lot of questions, key pieces that they need to plug in place. But for Jacksonville, in my opinion, keep doing what you're doing. You possibly have the best receiving core between Tamorian Terry, Cam Solomon, Devin Wilson, throw in Jensen, throw in Wade, and you have a, a quarterback in Sam Castronova who has been on the money ever since he arrived to Jacksonville. If you're Jacksonville, you keep what you're doing. Keep the same game plan. Let your defense get the stops you need and the turnovers you need and get this game and win this game. But this time around, I believe we will not see a 28 point unanswered streak that Jacksonville did last week. Not they, again. I don't think no. that's going to happen. Orlando's going to make adjustments. Orlando's going to be in this game throughout the game. Orlando's a very talented team. 
Darius Prince did Darius Prince type of things last week, and I expect that to continue. I expect guys like Brandon C. Say to step up a little bit more. I expect uh, Freddie Booth Floyd to step up more. I expect Nick Hag to keep doing what he does, which is a nonstop motor and just runs over everybody. Even I guarantee he's running around right now, and it's you know nine o'clock at night. Uh, so he's pumping himself exactly. up for this. Uh, this game is, you know, this is the third matchup of the season and, uh, both mediums so far this year had different type of outcomes. Orlando came up here earlier in the year, one by one point. Uh, they stopped a two point conversion by Eddie Brill that made the Predators, uh, hold on for the victory in week four. And then of course, last week was a one-sided affair by the Jacksonville Sharks going down to Orlando. So back-to-back matchups, strategy wise, it's going to be interesting what Jacksonville will do. And it's going to be seen how... Orlando counters. If Orlando has basically the same game plan, same mindset like they did last week, Jackson will toast them again. But I don't expect that. I expect some different key switches, some little changes in strategy. I expect a dog, dog war or draw out war, whatever terminology you want to make. This is going to be a battle for 60 months. I think we're going to see more of the first matchup between these two teams than we did last week and i expect it to be one of those games where you look back about a couple weeks ago yeah that probably could be one of the better games of the season again i said that last week and it turned out to be a one-sided affair so don't listen to me (laughs) for the most part i'll be honest since the preds have returned i i and credit i haven't looked directly at the stat line again i know you have a spreadsheet of this rivalry already set but it just feels like they play better in the shark tank when they play the sharks than they do in the jungle against the sharks. I don't know why some te- sometimes it's just been like that, but mm-hmm. it very much feels like that's, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes for them. La- at least two of the last three years, they have gotten, they've gotten wins in the shark tank. One of them being of course the 2021 where they swept the sharks during that season um, this year, getting a win. And then last year they got swept by the Preds or the Preds got swept by the sharks. So, you know, take that as you will. I'm just saying to me, it seems like better games are played in the shark tank with these two. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe it's just that the Preds just are, they live up more. They live up more to the, I think the underdog mentality. I feel could be wrong. No, but... that's not wrong. That's pretty accurate. Usually you, we, we, we talked to many players in the past and they said it's better to play on the road. Sometimes it is that home. There's not enough. At home, you, you're dealing with the home, ba- home fans, and on the road, you're the only people against everyone else. So it's mm-hmm. you against them, and in Orlando, and, and if you're home, it's your fan fan base behind yourself. But to answer your question, the all-time series, ladies and gentlemen, between these two teams, they have played a total of 32 times. Jacksonville leads the all-time series 21 to 11. Jacksonville is 11 and six in Vice Star, and then Jacksonville Jacksonville leads both series in Vice Star. They're 11 and six in Amway Arena. They're 10 and five. So that's the series currently right now between the two teams. Jacksonville leads 21 to 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly still one side. It's just that you know. I, well, well, recently, Orlando has won three times in Jacksonville in the NAL. Pretty recently. Yes. 
they went on a stretch of four years where they didn't win one game in Jacksonville in the in the AFL days. So that's how flopsided. Jacksonville went five seasons from I think 2012 to 2000 no 2000 no 2011 to 2016 where they didn't even lose to Orlando. They won every single matchup. That's a heck of a stretch. So, yeah, in your opinion, even though the stats look like Jacksonville, well, Jacksonville overall has owned this series, but Orlando winning in Jacksonville has been more common in the NAL than it was his previous iteration of the rivalry. So, yes, you have good assumptions, sir. Eh, just, just an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> just maybe just recent viewership. That's just my core memories are that way. I know last year wasn't the case, but you know what is the case is unlike last year, Rakeem Cato is in the building. That I think is the the piece of the puzzle that I am most fascinated for. Is you know do they let do they get him playing to start? Mm-hmm. It, it is the deal. You know. I, I will reiterate from our our rebound show. I didn't think Danny Southwick, if they if they didn't ben, if they benched him, I would I would say it was more because Cato is the up and comer, more the rising star in the league, and one that I think is more overall talented. Not because of his performance the previous week. Again, two of those picks, good defensive effort plays on the Sharks' part. You, I mean, you you don't expect two knock two balls to get batted up in the air and get picked off back to back series the way that was. So, not to mention you have a fumble on the goal line from one of your own receivers. The only he had one bad interception for a pick six. I I wouldn't mind if Danny got another shot, but I think you go with Rakeem. So I'm expecting Rakeem out there, which I think will help in part keep this game way closer than it was last time around. It'll make things more dynamic because I think you're able to. You know, he's able to evade rushers a lot more. You're basically, you get a little more free movement with the line, much like how the Sharks benefit from Castronova being able to kind of move move side to side a lot better east-west. Or he can go north-south. Rakeem can do that too, but he doesn't like to do that as much as we've seen in games. He likes to buy time rather than be the guy running and getting himself yards on his own if he is choosing. Um, defensive changes like you're talking, Tevin Homer coming in, you know, that's a great pickup right out of the gat, right out of the bat for replacing down players like a Dwayne Hollis, someone that you know has recently played at Fayetteville and te- with Tevin, who is a solid quality defensive back. They're going to need him to step up. Lonnie Outlaw has been activated again, by the way. Going to need him to really step up right now. Uh, few of th- those two people, I think I'll be watching very closely on the turf to see, you know, is Tevin, I assume, is full, full ready to go. Lonnie, I just want to see, like, dominant Lonnie Outlaw again, you know. I, I'm, I'm waiting to get just watch him come out and be what I remember from Columbus. He's had, he's had spurts in Orlando, but I want, I want the full 100%, man. I, w- I want to see the full, uh, the full like, uh, mossing effect, if you will. I want to see the guy that gets up there. He's the only guy getting jump balls, you know. Go out to him. And credit, you still have Darius. Credit, you still have C.J. Williams. By the way, C.J. Williams, I need, to see, I need to see you step up, good sir. I hope Caleb Walls has a better overall day than he did last week. Mm-hmm. That's a person that's been a, real, that's been a true contributor. You know, if anything, uh, head coach and uh, dad will be definitely talking in his, in his ear all week. So he knows very much that he's going to have to step his game up. And I think for the Preds, this is more of just a – 
I think this is more of like a prove it game and something to fin- to continue on a high streak, kind of get these guys tuned up in order for the playoffs. You know, get a win and get a win and get a feel good win against your arch rival, and say that you have the series wins in your back pocket to take some positivity. You know, for the Sharks, hey, you're going home. You get to uh, keep on pushing yourself away on the other two competitors for that one seed. And that's all you want to do right now. It's that simple. Your mission, lock down that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That's it. That's your only goal. This is a rivalry game, but just be like, hey, you know, keep your eyes on the prize. This is another uh, obstacle in our way. Let's go through that obstacle. Mm-hmm. So I have one question for you about this game. Who yes. on Orlando needs to have a big game besides let's discri- let's take away D- Darius Prince. Take Dar- okay. Darius Prince out of this uh, equation. Who in Orlando needs to have a big game on offense for the Orlando the Predators to pull off an upset in Jacksonville Saturday night? I'll put Darius Prince again again as a caveat because it's always going to be Darius. Mm-hmm. I know that, that I know we're the, the easy ones, Darius. If we didn't, you didn't put in that, but mm-hmm. uh, Darius to an effect that he just has to be his normal self. Um, don't if he is in any way contained, that will be disastrous. Uh, realistically, if I'm looking at the usual suspects, and I think if I'm looking on paper, just who I should expect to play out of their mind, um, I need to see more out of C.J. Williams. Uh, I mean, we're talking a dude that was the that was their number one go-to guy last year that under the radar was having a spectacular year mm-hmm. to his own right w- without any effect from Darius on the opposite side with different quarterbacks. He was on a tear and was basically overshadowed by the likes of a Darius Prince and company, by the likes of a Kendrick Ings or DJ Myers over in Carolina. You know, this is a guy that should be like a 1B because he's played like a 1B. I want to see him show up like a 1B. Um, so I've, I've got him, fr- quite frankly. I could say Cato, but again, that, that more depends on if, you know, do I do we know and do I buy that they're going to start Cato? I can't say for certain, so I can't pick that one. But whoever's behind center, I need to see the 1B receiver show up so that it's not the Darius Prince show. Because even in the Empire's best days when it was Castronova and company, Darius gets his numbers, but you know darn well a supporting actor like a Markel Wade was going to get you a touchdown in like 55 to 70 yards on his own on the opposite side. So that's what I'm looking for from CJ. And that's like pedestrian even compared to what he was putting up last year as the primary target for Orlando. I need to see like a one to two touchdown night, 55, 70 yards, and then Darius is on the other side burning guys one-on-one so that you're not just having, you know, maybe not say get Jabari Gorman one-on-one. That would be a hard hard task in itself. But, you know, get someone in that secondary that maybe isn't as comfortable being without a help side defender open. Because you have two receivers that can go one-on-one, get up, and take things away. And I need to see that from CJ. I haven't seen that as much this year. I've actually been kind of surprised by that. I want to see that. This is like a, this is a defining moment, I think, if you want to kick things in gear. I'm looking at you. I'll be watching you, number three. You're on my radar. You're my guy. You got to step it up. Is that Are we matching the same guy, or are you feeling different? I, I kind of uh, want to know. Uh, me? No. Mine's a completely different person for Orlando, and it's three guys, honestly. It's the offensive line for Orlando. Ah, one triple th- pack. Uh, one thing that you saw last week was Jacksonville's front four, or front three, 
completely dominate that line of scrimmage and gave Southwick no time. Even gave Cato at times no time to sit there and watch and look for an open receiver. That's going to be crucial. If they're losing that battle again in this game, we might see deja vu from last week. But that is going to be my key is honestly Brandon Cisse. Can you say Brandon Cisse? He hit, he was good on defense, but he, he was kind of not his norm on the offense when he was playing his tackle position. But I need to see the three-pack, the offensive lineman, the tight end, the center, you know, up their game more, just a little bit more. Like a little bit more give Cato or Southwick that extra second or two to read the secondary, to get the ball to a CJ, get the ball to Walls, or get the ball to a Prince, and actually have continuations of your drives, not a lot of four and outs. But the problem I see with Orlando is not just from last week's game, can they compete and adjust to the size of Jacksonville's defense? One thing I've noticed about a lot of these deflections and a lot of these passes, Jacksonville was getting big. And when you're a quarterback like Southwick that was struggling to get the ball over the line of scrimmage, do, do they make that adjustment, quick slants or little bubble screens, to, to make the defense from Jacksonville to not – continue to collapse in, but tried to worry about the sides and the corners and those bubbles. So you can get those quick four or five yard gains and not be worrying about, Oh, where's the ball up oh, sipping there up. Oh, Gilbert picked it off. Oh, Chicago and this picked it off. It's going the other way. So my keys are the three big men for Orlando for them. They need to show out to win the game. I've already said what Jacksonville needs to do. Play your same game plan. You've been doing the last couple of weeks. Cause right now, that game plan's working and no one's stopping it in every game you played so far. So don't change the thing, Jackson. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it certainly has been working. You know, getting pressure on your front three can do wonders in this one. Mm-hmm. I honestly, if I wanted to put another, I mean, I, I know we're going around the horn with items, but, you know, you brought up, I think, a excellent piece with your front three talk in, re, in our rebound last week or earlier this week on, you know, Freddie Booth Lloyd. I'm hoping I see a, a monster. I see hopefully a, you know, a, a monstrous more, I think, uh, name mentioning night on his regard, you know, because we know what he can do. Um, and if anything, maybe be disruptive to allow like a CSA to get more penetration. It's hard when you have, of course, Sam Castronova. He's, he's very quick. He's very hard to keep in a pocket. It's harder to maintain, harder to maintain a presence of a pocket like that in an arena for either side. Because uh, mm-hmm. less people on the field means more alleys, and yeah, you should have, in theory, you know, your Jack linebacker chilling out in that band, waiting to see where the quarterback goes or how to react to him. But that doesn't mean he's going to be fast enough to get him on that first cut or to keep up with that first or second cut. So I, that is asking a lot. But you know, this is where you have all NAL members step up to the plate. You know, defense wins wins chips, and defense is in many ways way more important in this level than even the outdoor scene at times guy this is and this is why they brought in all these talents from albany in the first place for games like this these are all-star guys you know that are expected to come into these moments and get wins against opponents like the sharks mm-hmm. tall task but it's a task that they were hired on for that's what they came for so 
you know, would be now. I think if anything, like I said, you're not playing for anything. We know this. You're not playing for seeding. This is like a total pride game right now. Mm -hmm. This is a revenge game. This is one to say, hey, look, look at us. The Florida, the Florida rival, at least we got the series win. That, that's all this is for. But I think you are licking your wounds and saying, like, hey, let's let's come out here. Let's not get blown out of out out in in the first quarter and a half. You know? Like got embarrassed last week. I, I don't want to show up and do the same thing again. So yeah, and I don't expect that. I think this is gonna be a, a draw, drag out kind of type of battle. This is going to take all the way to look at the clock. It's going to be two minutes less in the game, and we're talking about a one-possession game. really do believe that's the adjustments that Orlando is going to make is going to make this game stressful for Jacksonville and quite entertaining for a matchup and a rivalry that is Jacksonville and Carolina, or Jacksonville and Orlando. Hmm. Yeah. So, second part of that rivalry coming up, 7 o'clock Eastern at the Vice Armorial Coliseum in Jacksonville. Going to be a loaded crowd on hand for without a doubt. I'm actually one. Actually, I'm curious. It's almost like now you not only have rivalries in terms of the teams, you have rivalries in terms of the attendance now. Like the Preds are coming out here with these 10K, 10K game. And in credit, the Sharks did help with that. There's no doubt. But it's mm-hmm. like, holy crud, 10,000 in the arena. Sharks are going to still deliver an incredible audience as always. I cannot wait to hear them roaring on camera hopefully someday maybe this year depending on how things are trending in <laughs> in duval county <laughs> we'll find we'll find out yeah let's go i got a vision i see in my head a melody buried deep into my soul they call us crazy we cutting the edge unlocking the future and letting it go this is a calling that's higher the time we decided our stories are gonna be told this is what legends are born we paving the road a future that favors the foe break the rules break the laws this is the moment we change it all break the rules break the laws this is the moment we change it all yeah greatness yeah it feels like greatness Woo. Greatness, yeah, it feels like greatness. Legendary in the making. Reach out and we take it. Not to emerge, we on the verge, and it feels like yeah. greatness. Something coming, I can feel it. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are approaching ever so closer to the NL championship towards the playoffs, right around the around the corner. But we've got one more game this week and another two weeks on the docket before we have to hit anywhere towards that. And some of this decides on where we're going to even be playing at least one of the two games. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we could feel one place. I think some of us will feel confident, but still everything's undecided technically through the top, at least the top three as to who gets a home game, who gets home field advantage through the playoffs. And the first step in that puzzle starts with this week's game of the week where the San Antonio Gunslingers come off of a bye to go and play the Carolina Cobras at the Snake Pit. Should be a fun contest. And one that I think the Cobras, at least if I was James Fuller, I have this one marked on my schedule after week one and after how week one ended. Remember, it was a two-point loss on the road, different roster at the time at least in some of the key components Malik Henry was a backup at the time CJ McCollum started that game and there were a few times in that contest where if you're James Fuller you go man we had him by the t- we had him in our grasp what could have been mm-hmm. the gunslingers are coming in 
have some questions at the QB position, and I think are looking to at least in virus being honest, they won't admit this publicly personally, but I think get a win, get that home field advantage over with, just get it done. That's what there's got to be the vibe coming in for the Cobras. Fuller and company have to have this one circled. And the message is we talked about at least for a little bit in the rebound episode to kind of tease this game of the week has to be, we control our destiny. It starts this week. We begin our path to possibly getting to have our crowd sit in front of us at least one more time. That's just, that's the message. It should be. It should be the message. It should be the message for any team that's still in the race. Uh, Orlando probably that may not be the message. Orlando might be, you know, win next four games and you're a champion type of mentality. Uh, for Carolina's sake, they still have an outside shot of getting the two. They got to win out with San Antonio losing twice, which will get them a tie. And then it comes down to the very last game of the season against the Jacksonville Sharks that can determine. Carolina being the two seed in the playoffs. Uh, earlier in the week, we mentioned the playoff scenarios or home field scenarios for week 15 of the NAL. Jacksonville is the Jacksonville will clinch a home playoff game with a win and a Carolina loss. San Antonio will clinch a playoff home game with a win. Uh, that is the two scenarios that are up for grabs in week 15. Now, breaking down this game, there are different varieties or different variations of both Carolina and both San Antonio that we have seen this year. We have seen a San Antonio team win dogfights, one possession games, and we've seen a San Antonio team get completely um, pushed out of a building, blown out of a building, run out of a building, different phrases, same results. Carolina, we have seen a team that's been very competitive throughout the year. They've had some games where they were one side affair, and there's games where they have completely taken over a game or taken over a game and almost, I think, actually, yes, it was the most points scored in the NAL game a couple weeks ago when they did up in West Texas, scoring 86 points. Carolina's offense is very explosive. Carolina's offense over the last couple of weeks has gone up against good defenses and has still put up some decent numbers. And that all goes down to the man at center, behind center, and Malik Henry. He has had a second half of the season, which if the season started today and if certain wards fall a certain way, Malik Henry could be one of those guys potentially for offensive player of the year type of category. He's having that type of year. Last week, it was the Lance Evans show in West Texas. A couple of weeks ago after that, it was the Naquan Murray show in in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Caroline has a lot of weapons. Now, San Antonio has more weapons and a big addition with Kendrick Ings, who knows Carolina very well. So that could be a strategy for San Antonio picking the brain of Kendrick against Carolina. But... The question that I have with San Antonio is now the quarterback position. Is it Robert Kent? Is it Arvell? And if it is Arvell, what Arvell are we going to get? The Arvell that a couple weeks ago was the offensive player of the week or the Arvell that we saw down in Orlando? We're at the time of the season 
no matter what team it is, where your quarterback play is maybe the determining factor if you win in advance or lose and go home. We're entering that year, especially in arena football. The quarterbacks are crucial for a team to be successful. Right now, the quarterback that has the hotter hand is Malik Henry. He, A, is putting up some ridiculous numbers, and A, he is not putting this team in positions to lose a lot of these games. San Antonio, on the other hand, has been playing 500 football the last four games at 2-2. Two and two. two wins were okay wins, but the losses, you go, don't want to see that on the schedule ever again. So there's a lot of question marks. They've had a bye week, so they've had a week and a half to prepare for Carolina. Now they got to go to Carolina on a road trip up to Carolina, Military Appreciation Day, Military Appreciation Day in Greensboro. So for you fans up there, get your tickets for that. Uh, they're cl- they're close to military bases, so I guarantee there's going to be a good crowd there. But mm-hmm. this is a key game, especially for San Antonio. San Antonio drops this game, and some and the game down Jacksonville doesn't go in their favor. They're a game behind the Sharks with the tiebreaker going towards the Sharks. So that right there becomes more significant than anything else because they can't catch up to the Sharks with the games remaining and with Jacksonville's remaining if certain things fell. So you have that aspect of the game. But the other aspect of the game is you have a defense in Carolina that has been, been playing pretty good football lately with guys like Veal, Green, to name a few. Yeah. This game is a rematch from week one. Week one came down to the very last play. Both teams are completely different from week one's rosters. Different quarterback is playing for Carolina. But for San Antonio, they have a new receiver that wasn't there in week one. So there's going to be new strategy that will be involved in this game. But one of the things I want to mention about this game that I think will be very pivotal for whoever wins this game is the overall, it's going to be kind of obvious, who can control the style of play. We have seen what Carolina does. They want to play. We're going to nickel and dime you, and we're going to let you let your defense play up, and then we're going to beat you deep. San Antonio, a little bit the opposite. They like to throw the deep ball and make your guys get away from the short routes so they can start hitting the intermediates. It's the team who establishes their game plan early could have the early effect in this game. One team is coming off some rest, so it might take a possession or two for them to get out of their funk. Another team, offense has been kicking on all cylinders the last couple of weeks. This is a battle between strategies, and I guarantee you Coach Fuller looks at that week one game and goes, I, I know what mistakes I did, and I know – I think I can find a way to correct it. And for Shaw, a win, you guys get a home game in the postseason. That's crucial. And also a win and a, some help down south, you're back at the number one spot in the standings. So this is a big, crucial matchup for them. So overall, this game, it's not, this game, it's not a game week for anything. There's a lot of things coming in this game with speculations of postseason and also with things that we as experts or we as insiders or we as people who are – pundits of the league there are a lot of other storylines within this game that not the average fan will know about but will be must see tv once toe hits leather at seven o'clock in greensboro this friday or excuse me this saturday night darn right 
Yeah, I mean, you can't under, understate either the competition that the Gunslingers are in for the one seed as well. Um, that is certainly still in play, yeah. you know, and that is something that I think it just hinges a lot that the more the pressure is put on for the QB position, at least choice is related to how they feel, you know, which one gives them the best chance to possibly swing home field advantage, you know, to kind of rally the end of the season, see if they can keep up and possibly get that chance to surpass the sharks. If they're able to, you know, when we had the original schedules, remember they were, this, there was a late season contest between these, between the sharks and the gunslingers. We were going to talk about that adjusted after we had the schedule changes come out later on during the middle course of the year. So that won't be, a possibility now now it comes down to who doesn't flinch on the schedule you got to play it perfect you know end your season where you're at if you're the, if you're the sharks you just you win out mm-hmm. and you either see the gunslinger slip up or not then you get your your bidding and your choice to stay at home san antonio's got to keep up right with them and basically see if you know see if later on they can get someone to have have the sharks slip up possibly once probably the opponent right now they're playing they hope they can get both wins against them and say hey let's hope the cobras then go down and exact revenge on jacksonville and then we become the the ones that are saying fortune favors the bold possibly uh but starts this weekend simple fact like i said the qb position i i'm fascinated because i can see both arguments arvell's been your long-term guy Robert's the one that you brought in more as a coaching staff member in my eyes and your eyes, but was brought in as a security blanket because of the fact he knows these guys and knows how to run this offense that they, that coach Sean company wanted last year and ran it effectively last year. Very much so. Uh, so that's the big ticket. I don't mind either one's in, but we know their flaws, you know, Arvell's at least this year, even more so a little more turnover prone. Um, Kent, you could argue, yeah, you know, when he's in, when he was at his Zenith last season, you could say maybe he's playing better than Arvell, but he's rustier and it took a few games to get Kent to that point last year. That's the caveat I'm having. Do you trust with a week by week and saying, say you gave him the keys to the castle after your previous contest against, against Orlando, you go, you know what, Robert here, if we're going to do this, we got to pick our starter right away. We give it to you. You get a week plus to get ready. Is that enough to get him set up if he is the case? Because otherwise, Arvell, you could say, Arvell, look, calm down. You're still the guy anyhow. Like, it's been all year. Let's just focus in on some things and know that it's it's go time right now. We have to, we have to play as close to perfect as possible. You know, if we want what we are trying to achieve, those are the questions, and then those would be the mindsets you are put in with that bye week. And I think one thing that helps with this case, you know, I don't, I always am worried about road trips for teams that go across country like this, especially in the arena scene. Um, good news is they don't have to go and play a game next, the week after this time, they had a bye week to chill. So there's no, uh, I would say you get a little more cushion to worry about practice and get to stay home a little more. You know, it's not uh, as stressful in my opinion, I would say from just, and credit this is me overviewing a situation like this but it doesn't seem as stressful to have a week in between that road trip to 
kind of get things down if you want in practices or to rest your guys and just let them like get maybe a day or two away from the week prior and some of the items that happened in Jacksonville, just how that game went down, let them clear their minds and say, all right, fresh start when we come in next week, something along that line. So either way though, QB decisions, huge. Um, they do have Kendrick Ings to lean on for whoever's at QB. That's a massive upgrade in many fronts, not only for offense, but in special teams, I think you can use them in, like we talked in so many different ways in terms of if you want to have dual high quality, all NAL return men, holy crud, that is a nightmare to have. If you have to kind of predict who you want to want to deal with more in the return game. Uh, but as an offensive weapon, you, needless to say, you know what you're going to be getting. Um, I think the biggest piece to discuss in this game for the gunslingers, though, is the defense. It's a simple, simple fact. I really do believe I have more I think I'm curious about with the gunslingers' defense in this than maybe the Cobras, but that's only because of the QB situation they get to deal with, whereas, you know, the gunslingers, they have Malik Henry, but, I mean, let's be frank, if – Sam Castronova isn't playing at this level. And if Connor Blount doesn't go down earlier in the year, who, who's number two QB in the league right now? It's Malik Henry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he is, he's the de facto two and has been playing under the, I would say under the shadow of Castronova's incredible season this, this year, because he also has been having an incredible year arena wise that's a task for any team now. Like he, Malik's got it down. You know, he's he's been frazzled against Orlando a few weeks back, but he's been he's had it all year. He's had that it factor all year. So how do you attack that? You know, you know your opponent, but you know your opponent's going to be a damn good opponent and going to be hard to stop. That's the challenge with any good offense in the in arena football. Mm-hmm. You know, you know you're gonna they're gonna score. How do you get that one possession back in your favor? And especially from an offense that is Carolina, they don't turn the ball over uh, recently, and they put up an average of 73.4 points a game the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. So you look over at San Antonio, you haven't really seen an offense that explosive yet that can go counter for counter against Carolina. So th- there are some issues. So, yes, you did say that this is a big a big game for uh, San Antonio's defense. San Antonio may have to get two to three stops, maybe a turnover in those two to three stops to really change the possession in this game. Because Carolina has had tendencies where when their offense is rolling and it, their defense gets a stop, it's just like Jacksonville, they get a stop or two, it's going to be pretty hard to slow down their offense. And what we saw last week in West Texas, it was pretty – West Texas was hanging in there as much as they can, but they didn't have the firepower to go head-to-head in a shootout with Carolina, and Carolina just eventually pulled away. San Antonio has talent and has the firepower to go toe-to-toe with with Carolina, but the question is we have not seen that consistency from San Antonio since early in the season, week two, week three, week four type. of. If that team returns this game, with a defensive performance that we they need to have against Carolina, then we're talking about a, an exciting game that's coming down and finish. And like like I said in the first game, how who I think is going to need to have a big game for San Antonio to win, I think it's definitely going to be 
whoever the quarterback is. Is Arvell or is it Robert Kent? Whoever this quarterback is needs to play one of their best games of the year because we know what Malik's going to do. Malik's going to throw for about six touchdowns. That's what he does. That's basically what he's been doing all year, each game. You just need a quarterback on your side, either Robert Kent or Arvell, to equal or even outperform Malik Henry. And with guys with the additions of Kendrick Gings, that will help a lot for San Antonio. In my opinion, that's going to be the crucial matchup. Do we see the quarterback position in San Antonio get right this game? Because if San Antonio has big question marks in the quarterback position between our two QBs, that is not a good sign entering the final two weeks of the regular season and including the first round of the playoffs. You need This is the time of year where you ride and you die with a man behind the center. And right now, San Antonio, which one do we get? And which one do they settle with? And which one will they ride with to the end of the year? And that would be my key for this game. And whoever, for San Antonio's sake, to win this game. And for Carolina, the person who I think should have that's going to have a breakout game is Naquan Murray. I think he is the guy who goes off. If he goes off, Carolina will win this game. So Naquan Murray for Carolina versus whoever the quarterback is for San Antonio. Um, whoever has the better performance, their team will win, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking that as similar lines. Like I said, if you, if you've, if you're gun, if you're the gunslingers, you've worked out your kinks. You have, you've definitively picked who you're running with to start. I think that is a huge bonus mm-hmm. behind center. That, that's the main thing, and I think that's what most people are watching for. Just because that battle got opened up in the second half, right at the beginning of the second half last week. So, yeah. you know, we'll be looking for that. That'll be the first thing we'll notice on stream is you know okay which one is it after that all right well we'll know a little bit of the game because that's one thing too you know kent you lose a bit of mobility as well the the hope is you get a bit more of a clean pocket passer out of that is the deal so which trade-offs do they prefer we'll see now adding ings you know i don't know i I don't know if that signifies anything it just means they got a weapon but you know good weapon I mean, a damn good weapon. Exactly. It's a weapon that you know you have and you're going to have to use a lot mm-hmm. to win this game. So, yeah, good weapon. Good stuff. I think it's time to pick these games, shall we? Pick them? Do we have to do pick them? Well, I don't know. Do you do you want to catch up with me? You're one game behind me. Yeah, I am a game behind you. It's been but tight. We... Yeah. It's like how last year was, man. Not not really last year. Last year I had a five game lead on you halfway through the year, and I talk smack, and I end up losing <laughs> by one game. <laughs> well, hey, look, you know, I could blow this, so just be ready. I I, I would say I would say uh, sometimes the universe works where things flip around. You know, justice is served. So stay stay close by. You know, you're you're like. Uh, you're funny enough, like the like the gunslingers trying to hold tight for that one number one spot. Yeah, real tight. <laughs> All right, time for the pickums here, ladies and gentlemen. Kicking things off as always with our first game of the first game of the two, not the game of the week. I almost said that, but I didn't. The Preds taking on the Sharks, flipping the script on who is the host, as the Preds are now going to travel north up the coast to Duval County to Vistar Memorial Coliseum taking on the Sharks in in the city itself. 
Uh, Sharks coming off a dominant win over the Preds. Don't let the scoreboard fool you. It was Sharks all the way last time. Uh, Predators had multiple turnovers, defensive defensive uh, woes because of, uh, let's just say, poor field positioning from said turnovers. And we'll see about the QB talk and battle much in this one too and who gets what for the start as the Predators QB. Uh, my, my deal is... As much as I know this will be closer, it will be closer. I don't, I don't foresee as we talked anything where the Preds are going to get blown out here. But I don't think they win. I, I got the Sharks, hottest team in the league right now. Uh, has been the hottest team for some time in the NAL. Um, they're just on a different level right now. It feels than the rest of the league in all facets. And I got to take Jacksonville. And you're at home. Even though I know we talked about the Preds seem to play a little bit better in Vistar as of late, as they, or as of their return back to the arena scene, I got to take the Sharks. It's a, it is a, uh, it feels like a championship caliber Sharks team that we have, uh, that I've watched in the past and Jim has seen in the past. So Jacksonville goes to nine and two, one step closer to trying to lock up home field advantage for the 2023 playoffs. I'm going to make this simple. Sharks. Boom. Um, the Sharks, in my opinion, are kicking all cylinders. Orlando has to make adjustments in this game. Uh, they're going. I think most likely they're going to have to start Cato. And will we see a better performance by Orlando this time around? Yes. I don't see them turning the ball over four times. I don't see them having five possessions flipped to Jacksonville and, and let Jacksonville have the heyday again in Jacksonville. I think this is going to be a lot closer game. A more competitive game. I do think this game is a one and two possession game in the fourth quarter, and I think it comes down to the end. But Jacksonville and Sam Castronova and Tamorian Terry and Cam Solomon uh, have big games in this for the win and for the Sharks to win the game and get the nine and two and just watch what's going on up in Greensboro because it could be potentially a game where a win. And they guarantee themselves a home playoff game. And a playoff game in a Shark Tank is a pretty good place to visit during late, early August in arena football's landscape. Yeah, hell of a rowdy place to go visit if you're if your team's doing well and your team's in a playoff spot and a home field playoff spot for that matter. Good vibes at the moment. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm just saying like Preds got to be a little happy that they'll be in the playoffs. It's just that uh, like I said, you got to. I think you're in a buzzsaw right now, wrong place, wrong time mm-hmm. type of moment. But uh, what I will be fascinated by, no matter what the outcome is, is like I said, if, if Rakeem Cato starts, let's see, uh, let's see how he, how things are and how they work together, how that unit offensively works together if he's in. Otherwise, you know, fascinating if Danny gets the nod and then we'll see if that continues or if they progress in the opposite direction. We'll find out. Game of the week now. San Antonio Gunslingers off a bye week, eight and two, keeping on the on the heels of the Sharks, trying to reclaim that number one seed overall. They got to go travel to the Carolina Cobras Snake Pit in Greensboro, North Carolina, trying to keep up and keep on winning. Well, at least redeem themselves for a loss two weeks prior to the Preds, and to try and avoid a revenge law a loss in a revenge game. For the Cobras, again, first time these two opponents have met since week one, and they're both a little bit different since last time we talked about them and since last time these two faced off 
over in San Antonio. Uh, I got to be honest. I know that records, records and the like don't show, and I know that the, the gunslingers are coming off a bye. My confidence meter is how I'm ruling this decision with this contest. I have the I have the Cobras, um, not only at home, but also I just feel better about what's going on offensively for Carolina. Personally, uh, Malik Henry, like I said, he's he's in his own right now. Uh, I would say again, reiterate the number two quarterback in the National Arena League right now. Only one better is Sam Castronova, and you know Malik has had a hell of a year. Keeps on putting up stats. Keeps on building on what he has established over the course of his short NAL tenure, and is one of the more promising talents. That if he is around for a while, it, I'll have a lot of fun continuing to watch him hit the field wherever he plays. Hopefully even outside the NAL too if he gets that shot. But I digress. Right now, he's one of the staples as to why this team is kicking things off. they got a receiving core that is no slouch either. Nyquan Murray being there, Miles Kelly being healthy, Lance Evans doing his dirty work, and Adam Smith having a hell of a season. One of, the be- one of if not the best he's had in his time frame in arena is showing up. Um... I do think the Gunslingers will make this a game. It'll be a fun game. It's definitely, I think, the one, uh, if I had to pick one to watch and then watch the other one later, I'm picking this one to watch primarily live. Um, and I do think that the Gunslingers, there are ways you can. I can see them winning. I just have more questions about the QB position, and maybe that gets answered. But I got to go with my confidence rating and more certainties. I got to take with the Cobras. Thus, I stick with the Cobras. You stick with the Cobras. That's a very, very interesting pick, sir. Very good pick. I'm a type of person. I look at this game, and I mentioned overall when you enter in this time of year in arena football, you ride and die with your quarterback. Right now, the hot hand is Malik Henry, and right now, over in San Antonio, what Orville, what Robert Kent, what type of quarterback are we going to get right now? I think this is going to be a very competitive game. I really do. I think it's going to come down to some – there's going to be some quirkiness in this game that's going to keep one of these teams in this game. But right now, I have to pick Carolina based on just recent recency of the Carolina Cobras over the last couple of weeks with their offense and how their offense is looking pretty dang good, especially when they played Jacksonville in a loss a couple of weeks ago and especially how they played Orlando a couple of weeks ago with that offense. Their offense is not the issue in Carolina. For San Antonio, it comes down to the quarterback play. But I do like the addition of Kendrick Ings. I think Kendrick Ings does keep them in this game. I think Kyler Rashad, Kendrick Ings, Philip Barnett, and Reynolds is a very explosive combination. And I think San Antonio will get those guys going here to the end of the year. But right now, I think Carolina San Antonio in this matchup, I'm going to say it right now. I think they split the next two games. I think Carolina wins this matchup and they return to San Antonio next week. I think San Antonio ends the season on a high note with a win at home against Carolina. I, I think this is going to be a season, uh, a, a, well, not serious split. They play three times so far. I just think right now Carolina's the better team. San Antonio's traveling to Carolina. It's going to be a very uh, tough Against that Carolina team that's being very explosive. Again, what you said, uh, Zach, about the receiving core. Right now, that that's a receiving core where you look at and go, any one of those guys can go off any any night. 
Lance mm-hmm. Evans, Adam Smith, Miles Kelly, and Naquan Murray. And it all comes down to uh, Malik Henry. Malik Henry has been a dynamic quarterback for them, for them this year. Been very on point. Has not put their team in position to lose games. They're 7-4 and four right now. They're a three seed as of right now. But the last couple of weeks, they're playing like a top two team in the league, especially with the offensive juggernaut they are. A couple of guys I've mentioned before in this game, in the previous breakdowns for Carolina, you know the dudes. You know Ziggler. You know Jones. You know Zach Brown. You, you Those are guys that you're going to hear in this game. But right now, until I've been proven otherwise, the concern for me is on the San Antonio side of the field, and it's the quarterbacks. If one of those guys takes helm, takes charge, and he goes out there and throws six touchdowns, no interceptions, then San Antonio is a team that's very explosive and a team that you don't want to play. Because when they're on, they're really freaking good. But when there's question marks, right now, what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, there's some concern. But right now, I think this game is a game of the week for a reason. So a lot of storylines coming out of this game. And the winner of this game, Carolina wins. They get itched closer to that two seed. And if San Antonio wins, they clinch a home playoff game. So playoff implications are on the line in this game. And it's going to come down to some quirkiness in the fourth quarter. Something wonky is going to happen. You go, huh, well, that's how – that's going to that's gonna make – the game different. Like, go figure. Great game, and that's going to be the reason why a certain team's going to lose. Ha! Ah, arena football. Gotta love it. <laughs> I love this sport. Uh, I love, and I love what the season's uh, coming down to on the line, especially the upper seedings that's going to be deciding so much of the playoff implications. And again, that that looming thirteen and two record all time for home for home at field advantage. It is. It, it cannot be understated or over. It cannot be stated enough mm-hmm. that that is, uh, you know, history's on that side. You, you can, you can still have a shot. You always can, but Hey, it's always good to have a home crowd on, on your front. And when you talk about, you know, whether it's the sharks having the, the consistent, you know, top tier fan base, that is the, that is the shark tank, whether it's, you know, either the gunslingers or the Cobras who both have had, you know, really, I would say pretty solid to excellent years attendance wise, you know, compared to retrospect to either recent years for them or year over year. I mean, you want to have that, you know, and playoffs, you mean, generally you boost your audience a little bit more with playoff games because of that much more importance. So just, it's crucial. Not only for that, it's crucial for the teams too, because they take that money home. You know, we don't always think about that, but you know, that's something to play for, you know, as an organization. So big, big time moment right here for the gunslingers and the Cobras. And it makes for fun storylines like that we get to have with these teams as we move forward. Uh, Jim, can't wait to watch them. I'm hoping this is what kills me. No cart, no curtains, as we say on another podcast of mine. Um, I did check my work schedule makes me work through these games until basically the fourth quarter. So... I get to, I sadly will be missing some of that convo, but I will definitely be catching up with you at the end to go, wow, what about this score? And then I will gladly be doing my recaps because I can't wait to talk about them. Like I said, these are, these will be, these will be fascinating games. And the Gunslingers Cobras one, I'll be watching that right after work. That'll be, that'll be my uh, evening activity come late night 
Saturday night after I get home from a long day. Yeah, you don't want to miss any of the action this week, bro. Uh, even though we got three weeks left, it's postseason's on the line, playoff position is on the line, home field advantage is on the line. A lot of stuff's happening this weekend. Great action. But remember, for you out there, to keep up on up-to-date information of the National Arena League and Inside the Walls, uh, visit us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and threads. We're still working on that. Uh, even the people on threads don't know what's wrong with our stuff because our email and password actually is correct. They don't understand what's not what's not what's working. What? Yeah, it's them, not us. Um, but we'll be on there um, at Inwalls Pods, our name, and of course uh, we have our Patreon, Patreon forward slash Inwalls Inside the Walls Podcast uh, for Inwalls Plus uh, for volunteer. Not really, they help support the show. And me and Zach. But then again, I just want to say again, uh, where's the button? Where's the button? I had it right there. Thank you for a thousand followers on Facebook. Really appreciate it. Uh, that's a big time achievement. Um, I did some surveys, uh, not really surveys, I did some research. Uh, if you have a page that hits a podcast that hits 1,000 followers on Facebook, you're in the top. Two percent of podcasts that use Facebook. That's, Whoa, that's incredible. That is kind of wild, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and then again, I don't know how many podcasts are out there. So top two percent. That's still pretty cool. So yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a yeah. Just the fact we had one k accounts follow us. That that that's what's insane. Like I said, I've never. I don't think about this stuff often. So like, never. I, I never thought you'd get. I'd ever be a show I'd be on where you'd be like, oh yeah, there's a. We have this much of an audience jumping on, like that. That's that's freaking sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, because of you. It's because of me. It's also because our listeners and our followers who keep coming to us uh, for information about the National Arena League and arena football. Um, that's been pretty active lately, but we've been here for a couple of years now. So, and we'll be here next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, and then the championship week. So. Uh, it's a good, fun time in this game, and we got two great games this weekend, followed by next weekend. It's going to be some more playoff implication uh, teams or games. Excuse me. They are teams yep. already set. Um, we got the rematch in San Antonio between Carolina and uh, San Antonio, and we have a the final matchup between West Texas and the Sharks next week. So based on that, I think next week's – game of the week is both of them because they're going to be so crucial for final playoff scenes probably. So uh, we'll figure that out for next week's show. But, but right now. Yeah. Double feature, double feature, probably double fit. No way. Yeah. But two for one, whatever. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> uh, remember uh, YouTube TV, or no, excuse me, YouTube on your TV, Facebook, whatever. You know how to access the game. Seven o'clock on Saturday night, two games. This week, week 15 of the National Marine League in Jacksonville and in Greensboro. So, yeah. Nice. Well, that's all, that'll do it for us, by the way. Thanks for tuning in. Before we go, I got two things actually this week, and one of them is because I, I, I looked at a little comment on our last video, and this always makes me smile. So I'll end you on this because I love when people discover arena football. Mm-hmm. Last video, we had one comment on it. Not saying that I'm looking for multiple. I'm just telling you we had one comment, but it was a damn good comment. You know what it was? How did I not know of this league in Orlando? Whoop, whoop. 
I think we won ourselves a new arena fan over in Orlando, Pred, Pred, Preds fans. You'll see him in the jungle, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, at Windy Mariah Angel, a darling... That's a long name. A darling 67. <laughs> <laughs> that is the whole name. But no, look, that this is what I love. Like I said, one, the part one of the end. I love when people discover arena football. So like, props to you. Glad that we gave you a uh, way to learn that you have an arena football team in your city. Go check them out. Even if the season's coming close to an end, if you have any chance, you know, look into next year as well. You know, start planning. Or take the hour drive north this Friday night that for too. Sharks and um, Preds. Yeah, whatever you want to do. I mean, sadly, there are no more home games at Amway this year. or this year, So that's the darn shame. But start looking into things because, trust me, it's a fun time. 10,000 people show up to that final home game. It's growing back again in Orlando. I'm glad that people are learning through this show. So number one, congrats to you. Glad we helped you learn about that. Two, remember, people, you got one rule to follow. Remember one thing before you go. Don't be a jack out of the box. As always. Until episode 120. Wow, 120. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll rebound week 15, episode 120, coming next week, everybody. Stick with us. We also might have a bonus episode still. We are working things out. Sometimes stuff doesn't always work out. So uh, stay with us. You know, I noticed we didn't have an inter interview this episode, but you might get a surprise, um, possibly tomorrow or early Saturday before the game. So, you know, as always, stick to this channel. Click that bell. Remember, don't miss anything. It builds morale. Catch you next time, everybody, on whatever episode's next. <laughs> we'll see you soon. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Let's go. I got a vision I see in my head. A melody buried deep into my soul. They call us crazy. We cutting the edge. Unlocking the future and letting it go. This is a calling that's higher. The time we decided our stories are gonna be told. This is what legends are born. We paving the road. A future that favors the foe. Break the rules. Break the laws. This is the moment we change it all. Break the rules. Break the laws. Change it up. Yeah, greatness. Yeah, it feels like greatness. Woo, greatness. Yeah, it feels like greatness. Legendary in the making. Reach out and we take it. Not to emerge, we on the verge, and it feels like yeah. greatness. Something coming, I can... Covering all your favorite parts of the 50 yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Murnier.